Welcome to the Soulfully Optimized Life, a podcast for fulfilling your greatest destiny. I'm your host, Adam Sadiq, and each week I'll be bringing on extraordinary guests so that you can be the best you and make an epic impact for the world. I'm excited to be on this journey with you, and thank you for tuning in. Let's dive right into the episode. If you're a business owner or an entrepreneur, chances are you've heard of Jay Abraham. Jay has established a highly revered reputation across basically every industry by increasing the bottom lines of over 10,000 clients in over 400 industries and over 7,100 niches worldwide, creating $21.7 billion in growth. With this kind of experience, Jay has studied and solved almost every type of business question, challenge, and opportunity, and is clearly a legend when it comes to creating strategies that help optimize a business. Jay has an estimated 15,000 individual business success stories from all around the world. Many of the world's greatest trainers, consultants, and entrepreneurial icons have sought out Jay's advice and counsel in growing their organizations. People like Tony Robbins, Damon John... Ramit Sethi, Brian Tracy, Stephen Covey, Ken Blanchard, Mark Victor Hansen, and many, many more. I recently had the opportunity to interview Jay and extract some of his profound business wisdom. Let's dive right into the interview. Just one heads up real quick. Jay had been on a, I think it was a multi-week back-to-back-to-back-to-back speaking tour before he took this interview with me, and so his voice had taken quite the toll doing all of that, and... Just We just wanted to apologize beforehand. However, although his voice wasn't at full strength, the strategies and the insight and the advice that he brings is profound. Thanks to everyone for my voice. Okay. So my very first question to you and what I believe everybody listening really wants to know is how did Jay Abraham become Jay Abraham? How did Jay Abraham become one of the world's most renowned business strategists and marketing strategists that's helped create over $21.7 billion in growth. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal on its own. Your name, you're, you're just highly revered all around the world across basically every industry that I've ever heard of. How, what's the origin story to Jay? It's, it's pretty ironic, and I'll give you the short, but the short complete version because it is an object lesson for people. So I got married the first time. I've been married three times. Not proud, but it's relevant uh, at 18. I had no education, two kids at 20, the need of somebody 40. The world didn't care. The only people that would give me jobs really were, were entrepreneurs who were a little bit crazy, but they were all super ethical and they would give me just participation, shares of the revenue, not equity, uh, uh, a piece of a new distribution channel. And if you only eat when you earn, you realize quickly what works, what doesn't, what works better. Now, take that and factor in that I have, I can never remember a high or low boredom level. I don't, I, I can't do one thing very long. I can do it very well, but I can't do it long. So I, I changed 
occupations frequently and sometimes because it was pure performance, I'd have two or three concurrently, but never in the same industry. After about 10 industries, not jobs, I realized that people in one industry had no clue how people in another thought, marketed, their strategic thinking, their business models, their distribution approaches, their competitive approaches. And I was able to take elements from the past industries I was in, combine them into hybrids, introduce them to industries where everyone else was following the herd and doing a little bit more, a little bit less than everybody else, and we kicked ass. And as I got more uh, aware, I was really the equivalent of the one-eyed man in the, in the land of the blind mm-hmm. because I was introducing very common approaches from other industries, but most people in, a, in an industry learn from either being in it, observing it, they go to seminars and they read books, but they're very superficial and they don't really have the crucible experiences to understand implication, application. So I accelerated after that my, my quest for divergent knowledge. And I became obsessively thirsty for as much understanding about as many different industries, not businesses, as I could gain. And I started doing seminars. And the format of the seminars was not theory and dictatorial type lecture. It was explaining a concept and then going to the very large audience. We did a quarter billion dollars of seminars when I was your age. And I just burnt out, pardon my voice, but asking everyone in the audience who had already been using a variation of that concept to come to the mic, explain how it worked, the the um, the performance uh, uh, contribution it was making, and what lessons they could share with anyone else. And I didn't stop there. Then I had everybody at the seminar sitting at tables, go around their tables and share with one another what they got out of that segment and exactly and precisely what they realized they in their unique business could do to apply it. And it was, and then they would take the best idea from each table and I'd go around, I was crazy, go around the room and have them share it every two hours. Well, I'm getting the education of 800 people looking at it from Lord knows how many vantage points. And I did that for many years. Then I started doing very intense uh, one-on-one consulting and always going to companies in industries that had a lot of challenges, problems, issues, unmined uh, opportunities, Gordian knots. And before I could ever help anyone, I had to be educated. I had to learn the business, what they did, how they did it, 
how what they were doing was doing, how their competitors did it. I had to look at correlations, implications. I got enormously well-educated. One more point. And it's pretty interesting. Yeah. But when I realized the power, I did one more thing. <clears throat> I started applying this to industries and to companies. And um, without being arrogant, just being factual, uh, the success stories blew blew the roof off. We had, and it wasn't that I was that bright. It's just that I was the only person who understood optimization, highest and best use theory, which means how do you get the maximum result from effort, activity, opportunity, access, interaction, media, uh, 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 prospects, buyers, salespeople, capital, intellectual capital, human capital, and you can't optimize until and unless you have a wide swath of understanding of alternative realities, meaning what will produce a safer, faster, more profitable, uh, more sustainable result than the approach you're using now? And can you use that to replace what you're doing or can you use it to add? And when I got to that point, frankly, it was almost all over except for one more point. And it's pretty fun, Adam. Yeah. So I realized the power. Uh, this is somewhat like an attorney who takes on a very complex, unique litigation. He or she has to get educated and paid for it before they can actually serve the client. Interesting. Well, I did a variation without being insulting enough uh, to be paid. I made it after I got a reputation that was very, let's say, exalted and um, unblemished. I had a standard offer that any A expert, author, trainer, consultant, didn't matter, could come to me for two hours no charge, and I would give them a compressed consultative strategy. Now, I did that for two reasons. One, I wanted to have contribution because it always comes back. But two, I'm, I'm on the base of Torrance Airport. So oh, yeah. if you come here, it's great. But, you know, there's helicopters. There's that Robinson helicopter. There's jets coming in. It's hilarious. So apologize for the noise. So you can't help. Nobody came to me for help with their methodology. They all came to raise their posture, to uh, be able to differentiate their uh, their relevant uh, 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 attributes of what they did uh, superior to uh, alternatives or competitors. They did it for me to help develop higher end, lower end, entry level, uh, 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 um, uh, specialized, expensive, exclusive products based on their methodology. But the point was I had to learn 
I don't mean to be long. I had to learn their methodology. So I got everybody to educate me in a short course primer on their best methods. Stephen Covey, Tony Robbins, the Deming Organization, the world's largest strategic litigation consultant, the world's largest dental growth expert, the world's largest dental uh, specialist at developing implant uh, practice. I mean, and, and, and thousands. And, and with that knowledge base, uh, I became sort of outrageously diverse in my ability to access an unimaginable spectrum of, of um, uh, let's call them threads, to weave together into hybrids for any client I ever addressed. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. That was a long explanation, wasn't it? No, it's a great explanation. I, I personally wondered myself. So it's, So that's it. Yeah. That's, and I keep doing it. I also learned that the most wonderful thing you can do is keep uh, quenching your uh, your hopeless curiosity uh, that listening is far more rewarding than talking, that Socratic interviewing uh, in, a, in a respectful way uncovers enormous discovery and epiphanies, not just for me, but for the person themselves, because a lot of times they've never thought about it. And in the process, you build extraordinary friendships. Absolutely. That's incredible. Okay, that's it. <laughs> I just explained it. That's perfect. Next question here I have for you is, you know, you've worked with I you've worked with probably more businesses than most people even know of in their entire lifetime. We uh, have 7,134 <laughs> different niches. And it's not all I think we're over 500 industries, but it's not just industries. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, I've done uh, monasteries. I've done the uh, uh, oh shoot, what's the group in China that that kung fu started in? Um, I'll think what that's called. It's a huge movement. I've done um, I've done uh, uh, Hasidic fundraising groups. I've done uh, it's hilarious. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's wide diversity. Oh, in every in every industry and sub, but it's been very fulfilling because you get to uh, tap into the passion, mm -hmm. the purpose, the the drive, and the uh, and the contribution goals of all these different entrepreneurs, uh, for profit, not for profit. It's it's it gives you a depth and dimension of character development in yourself that is profound. And I, I believe that's what's really easily conveyed for anyone if they go to your website is that I, I personally don't know any other business strategist or expert that has as much depth than you do. And Thank I, you. I'm just speaking very honestly. I, I legitimately don't, I, you know, I look everywhere and these days with social media, there's so much noise. There's so many people coming on board as experts, this, that, you know, trying to sell programs. But 
one, the amount of free content that you provide. Two, the depth of that free content, the real value behind it is is immense. Um, and you'll notice, and I'm not trying to be self-aggrandizing, none of that content sells anything, and we don't ask for an opt-in for people to access it. We want to be the opposite of yeah. everyone else. I want to be the greatest benefactor to the entrepreneurial world. Yeah. Can, I'm actually curious if you can explain, because, I mean, this you give so, you've given so much and you continue to give so much, and this is obviously playing out in, in success as well in all in all factors, in all factors in terms of contribution, in all, all factors also in terms of business growth. And this is controversial to, I'd say, probably like what 90% or maybe more than 90% of people think. They think, uh, no, if you want to know like the, the littlest piece of advice, you got to pay up. You know, you're giving, you're basically giving everything and more for free with no opt-in, with no, no opt-in, which I think and, is and, and none of it sells a thing. And, um, well, I'll get, are you wanting to know what the method to my madness is? I, that's what I'm curious. Yes. Sure. Everyone, <laughs> everyone's waiting for the shoe to drop, and it never will. Here's the reasons. Number one, I think I told you offline. Uh, yeah. We were, and, and, and uh, a little bit, to, we were in the business of creating breakthrough world-class Kick ass, very expensive live, and and uh, home study programs uh, for people that couldn't afford. I'm very expensive, six figures to seven figures, and most people can't afford it. So we would do five thousand dollar home studies, fifteen, twenty, twenty five thousand dollar live, and I stand for a high ethos, uh, a level of integrity that is unimaginable. And I found out that 187 people were file sharing freely my stuff to, to other people just to get traffic, and it crushed me. And at first, I was livid. And then I, you know, I thought, okay, you probably have given me a catalytic awakening. I don't really enjoy being uh, a product seller, an info marketer anymore. I've always come from being focused on working on the front lines of capitalism. So I said, okay, and I'm older. Uh, from today forward, we are going to become the most uh, renowned and respected benefactor, contributor, investor in entrepreneurship in the world. We are going to create, we're going to acquire, we are going to produce world-class content that is actionable. It's not teasery. It's it's the highest level of uh, world-class experts. And we are going to freely contribute it, gift it to the world without asking for an opt-in, without selling anything. We sell occasionally a few very high-end things, but you have to be on an email list. And I decided to do it for three reasons. One, because I can. Yeah. And no one else would do it. I was studying other people and I wanted to puke because I go to their website and the first thing it would say was opt in to get your free report. It wouldn't even tell you whether the report was superficial. You got to opt in first. Mm -hmm. I thought that is such 
a you're being held ransom without knowing <laughs> if they even have your family. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I can't do that. I want to do the opposite. Now, I had to make a strategic decision. What was worth more to me? A An email list I could monetize for stuff or a worldwide following of grateful entrepreneurs who would refer people to my body of work, who would use it. Uh, it's not fail-proof, but it's pretty infallible if you integrate and use it, and who would either grow to the point they could someday be a client, or at least grow to the point that larger companies that were neighbors, family members, friends, childhood friends, church members, employers, would would ask them what their secret was, and it would always come back. So if you look at my world ranking, mm -hmm. it's huge. Yeah, absolutely. It's huge. If you look at our email list, it's tiny. I chose the qualitative prestige of having the entire world respect, appreciate, and uh, embrace us without trying to manipulate them. Because at my age, I've been doing this, as you said, you didn't realize you went to high school yeah. <laughs> with, with one of my younger sons. I have seven children. Wow. I'm at a point where I want legacy. I want really quality clients. And there are very few people who are, who are capable. But if I can help everyone be better, not just make more money, but make a bigger difference, add more value, create more uh, success within their their organization, grow and develop their people, add value because they were on this earth through their business and through their contribution, uh, I've achieved the majority of my goal. And it, it, it comes back, most of these people that we talk about, they're nice men and women, and I don't think they're, uh, they're dishonest, and they're good husbands, wives, probably fathers, mothers. But the game they're playing is so different than me. They're trying to monetize tactical things. I don't honestly believe that they have an empathic appreciation and a respect and an outright love for the people they are trying to help. And that they, don't, that they really grasp what those people's lives, hopes, dreams, goals, belief systems are. And I get the chance to really grasp that. I was in uh, Europe this summer. Every year, Tony Robbins, pardon my voice, and I do a full day together with his uh, high-end platinum group of problem-solving. So we see what their problems, challenges, issues, opportunities are. Uh, every year I do Italy, Paris. I did uh, Japan for the ninth year. I do China. I did five cities in China. And almost totally now I just do problem solving. Uh, sometimes 
through translation and I get a context of understanding of two things. One, what's unique to each of these enterprises and two, the fact that human nature is very, very similar. Everybody wants better life for their family. They want happiness. They want fulfillment. They want security. The people I am attracted to and are attracted to me, pardon my voice, they want to make greater contribution. They just don't know how. They don't want to just make money, but they want to make more money. But they want to make it as a byproduct of adding more value, of contributing more. And I love that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. My voice is a little weak. I apologize. No problem. Go ahead. Yeah, there's so much depth in that. And a couple of questions I have just off of all Please, no, I'm here. Yeah. I hope this is directionally what you want. It's it's perfect. I feel like this is this is what people want to hear. Great. This is what they want to know. And the so Tony Robbins has said that um, he learned one of the most important lessons of his life in his which is uh fall in love with your customers. And he learned that from you. And he's I, I know he says it everywhere all the time. He has his uh business mastery programs. I've, I see he's saying it on the uh his his viral uh, videos and interviews, and I was just wondering uh, if you can go a little deeper into that to fall in love with your customers. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> I'm very proud, Adam. Uh, by the way, I'm just I've got to give you uh, a context. Yeah. Over the course of uh, more years than I remember, I've been blessed to create a lot of very. Uh, famous, I don't know if they're legendary, but very powerful methodologies. Uh, three ways to grow a business model, 21 power principles, power parthenon of exponential growth, sticking point solution, X factors. Um, oh, gee. Uh, the leverage marketing, uh, strategy preeminence, uh, Maven marketing. A lot of things, all of them, the one that has, has, re, uh, has reinvigorated and redefined more c- businesses in more parts of the world, including Tony, is what I call the strategy of preeminence. And there's a little bit of higher version, the uh, advanced strategy of preeminence. Now. I'll give you the shortened version, and this is not a plug for my website because you don't have to email or uh, (laughs) opt in, but there's eight hours of explanation, illustration, scenario-specific examples there. But it's it's a philosophical strategy, or you could call it a strategic philosophy for really uh, foundationally living your business life, forming your culture, your value, uh, um, uh, your value, um, uh, uh, I guess I'd call it scale, everything. I'll give you the very quick high points, but it takes a couple hours to really learn it, but it's profound and it's uh, life-changing. So first thing 
is you have to see yourself as being, not wanting to be, but as being the most trusted advisor, the only viable source that someone can turn to in the area, industry, product, service uh, sector you represent. As the most trusted advisor, you cannot just give static information. You have to give well-reasoned, well, uh, well, hard-won advice of what they should do, what they shouldn't do. Why? You can't let people buy less than they should in less quantity, quality, consistency, not because you will be the loser, but because they will get a suboptimal outcome. If they have the uh, presenting need, you have a moral obligation, an opportunity, a privilege, and a responsibility to not let them procrastinate, equivocate, contemplate, because they will be the loser, either in the quality of their life, their business, the, the richness, whatever the product service uh, delivers. In order to do that, the first thing you have to do is be focused on understanding at a higher level, excuse my voice, than your own market does, what they're trying to accomplish and why. Whether it's relief, protection, elimination, or achievement, aspiration. And you have to put into words that which they have been struggling to uh, achieve so that it immediately resonates and they see that you understand them better than anybody else. That's number one. You have to become very skilled at explaining your product, your service, their situation, their current plight, what their life will be like after your product or service or company is deployed in their life through metaphors, similes, analogies, which make it very graphically clear. If you think about religion, no matter what you believe, most of the key points are made through parables, through storytelling. So you've got to be comfortable with storytelling. <clears throat> Next, you've got to be committed to two very powerful uh, ideologies. One is any time you are in anyone's life for any reason, your responsibility is to make them better off because you were in it. Number two, you don't wait for money to change hands before you start meaningfully investing in them because it's only a matter of time before they will start patronizing you. There is a third one. It's not a function of what do you have to say or what manipulative tactic do you have to use to get them to buy. Rather, it's how much value do I have to convey that is defined as value 
also on their side, not just your interpretation of value. Uh, that's how you win people and you win their trust and you win their patronage and you win their lifetime uh, uh, um, friendship and business. The part you brought out is very critical. Most people, excuse my voice, fall in love with their business, with their industry, with their company, with their product or service. To be outrageously and unimaginably successful, you have to shift. Fall in love with the people you serve. The men and the women, the company, the men and the women behind it, the clients. And I use the word clients because if you want to be the most trusted advisor and you look at the word customer, Webster's de definition is somebody who buys a commodity or a service. You are marginalizing yourself and acquiescing to be nothing more than a commodity if you call me a customer. A client, on the other hand, Adam, is somebody who's un under, <clears throat> pardon my voice, the care, the protection, the well-being of another. Uh, you have to, there's another point. You have to understand that you have four categories of clients to fall in love with. The first, the obvious, are the ones paying you. But there's three more. And they are the people you pay, your team members, your vendors, your advisors. Most people don't realize that your team members are hitching their wagon to your star. They're looking to your business, to you. Oh, by the way, leadership is the uh, thread that runs throughout preeminence. You take a leadership role in everything you do with everyone you do because people are silently begging to be led. And the only caveat is they want to be led by someone they unquestionably feel has their best interest primarily at heart. So back to the clients, you've got this team that looks to your business for their fulfillment, their security, their joy. You've got to give them the chance to be an integral and feel an integral part of everything you're doing, of your ecosystem or ecosystem. You've got to be committed to continually want to grow and develop them for three reasons. One, most people, particularly entrepreneurs, get about 20% of the performance you could out of your team, not because they're lazy, ambivalent, uh, but because they don't know how to perform better. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever guided them. So you've got to be committed to that. And when they see that you are constantly investing in their growth and their development so they can be more successful, so they can have more involvement, so they can have more knowledge, so they can make more money, their loyalty and effort will increase geometrically. Second is that 
you want the highest performers possible, but you've got to make them all part of a mission or crusade that you're on for the betterment of your client. Now, with your advisors, you want them deeply involved. If they are worthy of paying for professional services, they should be worthy of using as an advisory board to get differing perspectives that can help you grow beyond the limitation of your experiences, your understanding. Finally, everyone tries to hammer down their vendors. What do you accomplish? Not much loyalty, not much passion, not much extra service, and certainly not a lot of intelligent sharing or first uh, uh, opportunity to get access to, to uh, new products or, uh, or knowledge of salespeople that are unhappy you could hire or, or new uh, products coming into the market or access to uh, executives from some of the suppliers products coming into town that are willing to work or do a, uh, a dinner for people. You want to maximize, not minimize everyone's integrated contribution. Does that make sense? Yes. That's it in a probably a long but shortened version. The depth there. I think that's it. You know, I was thinking too, um, I see you not just as a practitioner, a strategist, a leader, a teacher, but I feel like you bring in another element that um, that requires a profound level of thought, and you bring a philosophy to business where I think if people can understand that, it, it sometimes a lot of the minor details that a lot of people are focused on just kind of effortlessly start to upgrade to working at a higher order. I think with all honesty, for a multitude of reasons. One is the way my brain is wired and more more, more uh, meaningfully is because I've been exposed to so many uh, profound experiences and, and amazing mentors. I understand the, uh, the three-dimensionality of something and I can reasonably, maybe not, not uh, as succinctly, but I can explain it in a way with the nuances so it makes so much more not just sense but it it uh it takes root at a far more actionable level and meaningful level in the mind of whoever hears it wonderful what's next yes uh i just have two questions if do we have enough time for those just want to double check uh is somebody here yet yeah I got a, a client, but they're late. Go ahead. Okay. So today, it's almost like people call it the golden era of entrepreneurship. It's easier to get started than ever. Today, people can get started with little and even no overhead costs. Um, there's more tools and strategies for people to be able to market and expose themselves and get more awareness. However, with so many people starting their own business or they want to start something on the side, there's so much noise. I'm just wondering for 
new entrepreneurs, new business owners who want to get started, but want to get started in a way that really sets themselves up for uh, you know, extraordinary business growth, but beyond that, also an extraordinary legacy, what would you recommend to them? Well, I would recommend that you do what most people don't. First thing is study all the direct and indirect competition out there on a worldwide basis in English. You can do it pretty easy on the websites, and then you can call as a client or or get on their email list and study what they do well, what they do poorly. Uh, if it's uh, a business that's not online and you want to do it and they're not national or international and you're somewhere else, you can actually call them, tell them you want to uh, be in that business, ask them if, if they were starting again, they would go into it. If they say yes and they're a successful business, Ask them if they'd be willing to train you on a license-type basis so you could shorten your your learning curve and use their success processes in your market and pay them a, a, a royalty. Then, uh, and don't make any decisions yet, make sure you study the alternative means. Example, let's say you wanted to go into, just for an easy example, the business of selling a supplement, an ingestible for weight loss, right? Mm -hmm. You'd want to study all the other people selling weight loss-based ingestibles, right? But you'd also want to study people selling portion-controlled food, Jenny Craig, Nutrisystem. You'd want to study uh, personal trainers, health clubs, fitness equipment sales, mm -hmm. online um, video instruction, books, wouldn't you? Yes. Okay. So you want to get all the, not just perspective, but language. So you can, I mean, if you're going to do the same thing everyone else does and there's no differentiation, then it's going to be very hard to win. Mm -hmm. I had the pride of having had an influence on the guy that started, um, Planet Fitness. Oh, and wow. if you know what his position was, most people went to a health club for three reasons. To really get buff, to show off, or to oogle. Men wanted to oogle women, right? Mm -hmm. He, and he also, the health club made a killing, you signed up, you're stuck with it forever. Yeah. Even when you can't get out of it, it's a nightmare. You never use it the way you would. He decided to counter-program. He targeted the people that weren't trying to get an Adonis body, but they just wanted you know, to feel good about trying to be fit, to feel like they were part of an organization that didn't want to be on a long-term commitment and weren't going to have the kind of bodies they wanted to, you know, to oogle anyhow. So he charged 10 or $15 a month, no contract, stop whenever. If you, if you go, ugh, or ooh, you're thrown out. And he created the perfect counter uh, club 
for a different niche. Normally, you want to find a niche. If you don't find a niche, then you've got to find a value um, enhancer that is not being rendered. And value can be more, can be less. It can be uh, different, can be more additives, can be uh, more uh, basic, less price. But you've got to have an advantage and it's got to be meaningful enough. Now, finally, before you invest a fortune, you want to test your theory. Now, the first way to test your theory, and everybody can use this for an enormous amount of things well beyond just this. I've developed what I call the Amazon.com school of research and copywriting. And what it is, is you take the categories of business you're thinking of going in and you look at all the books that are related and you look at the top 25 in the direct or the indirect categories. Plus, you can go to any discussion group platforms on the subject. First thing you want to look at it is the bestsellers, 1 through 25, what the titles, the subtitles, the chapter titles are. Why? Because most books sell by the promise, and that promise resonating to the desires of the target audience. So if you learn the right nomenclature, you're already ahead of the game, right? Mm -hmm. Then, after you've collected all those from as many books in the category or related category or alternative category or discussion groups, now you go to reviews and you look at all the zeros and the fives. Why? Pardon me one second. because when people are passionate, passionate in a positive way or passionate in a disappointed and angry way, their subconscious overrides their thinking process and takes over by more clearly and, and passionately and dimensionally expressing what they didn't get and wanted or what they got and are grateful for. And it's expressed in the direct uh, language of the marketplace. And you'll remember earlier when I talked about preeminence, I said you need to be able to put into words what your target audience is trying to accomplish and what they're trying to get away from. And the best way to do it is to study reviews and let them tell you in their own words. So now we're talking about creating a business, but this happens to be how you communicate in marketing, positioning, podcasting. Now you can state, I know what you don't want and why. And it's this because... I know what you really want and why, and it's this because. And they're shocked because you are the only person that that is speaking to 
the tormented, non-verbalized aspirations of relief or achievement thereafter. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That that's it. Wow, Does, <laughs> you surprise me always with the uh, the depth that you bring to it. Well, so, uh, I've spent a lot of years yeah. thinking about it, but I Absolutely. hope I explained it clearly. No, it's great, very clear. Very clear, very much what's, so. What's the last question? Very last question I have for you is, Jay, if all of your content was suddenly released, erased from existence, it was erased from the internet, it was erased from everyone's minds, and all but one could remain. This could be one of the Fifty Shades of Jay, which uh, for those listening, I highly recommend you go explore the Fifty Shades of Jay. Uh, this can be something that you haven't previously published or said. Um, this can be anything. What would it be? Well, people have asked me this before the press. They said they asked me two questions. One is if I could have anything I wanted, what would it be? I said I'd want the rights to everything and figure out what to do with them <laughs> later. But in answer to your question, it's very simple. I'd want to be able to retain my understanding. Wait, there's a plane taking off. I want to retain my understanding of relational capital because with that knowledge, you have three perpetual advantages. You can always ethically leverage off of any other company's buyers, brand, distribution channel, uh, uh, assets, access, not just selling, whether it's facilities, whether it's distribution, whether it's R&D, and we've got complete education on that, gratis, no opt-in on the website, too, on, on 50 Shades. But also, you can create new businesses for other companies. You can create, uh, you can use them to grow dramatically your reach for your product or service, you can use their products or service backwards and do deals to take them to your market. And I can go on and on, but it's it's uh, it's omnipotently uh, not omnipotent. It's omni um, faceted. It requires no capital, no risk. And uh, one of my colleagues said, if I were, if I lost my business, not me, he had no money, I had one uh, wish, I'd wish I could go with Jay Abraham to any city because he could create a half a million dollar income anywhere from scratch just by connecting to other people's businesses. And I have done billions of dollars for my clients and myself that way, and that's my answer. Podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing the podcast, the episode, reviewing on iTunes, all that stuff. Everything you do, it all means so much to me. And if you want to have access to all of the show notes for all the podcast episodes I've ever done, just head over to adamsadeek.com and click the podcast tab. That's adamsadeek.com. 
Thank you so much. I'd love to hear from you sometime. And I'll see you next time on the next episode.